What's going on, everybody? We're back with the Real Bodybuilding Podcast. This is episode number 68, and I'm here with the fucking champ, James Hollingshead. How are you, man? Very good, Ford. Thanks for welcoming me with that intro. That's a nice intro. It's the first person to do it. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, man, you've been on this show. You've been on... Me and you have done a podcast together a, a hundred times, and you've never been on RBP. It's always been Bodybuilding and Bollocks. That's true. That's very true. So now, instead of me interrupting you every five minutes, this is your hour. <laughs> we're everyone. We're going to learn. You know, everybody knows uh, about the feet thing. Everybody knows about the the uh, inline skating. Everybody knows about the toast and butter. And uh, but there's so much we don't know. So this is your hour, buddy. Let's we're going to dig into it. Mate, where do you want to start? What's, where, where are we starting with this? This is interesting. This well, is interesting. <laughs> let's start with let's start with the most important part you just crushed listen it you did something really really amazing and it's not just because you want a show because you know guys win shows all the time and it, you know winning an ifbb show is, is uh it's not an easy thing to do but it happens all the time right what you did though was you said something a year ago and you set out a goal and you said this is what i'm going to do and you literally showed us your progress and tracked everything all the way through the year. Mm -hmm. And it's not often that you see somebody do exactly what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think that's actually to me anyway, more impressive than, or, or what makes the win more impressive than it already is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. That, like, that is funny actually, that isn't it? Because, I had this real outlook this year about having to, I wanted to be very clear in everything that I did in order to get to here now. Yeah. Like I really wanted to document every single moment along the way that I could, mm -hmm. because I feel like what's missing from a lot of bodybuilding is that transparency. It's almost like, you know, if people disappear and then just appear and no one really understands how or why they got there. And I really wanted to be the, the guy that's currently on the scene that was able to provide, I suppose, that information, you know, like show a bit of, show the bit that people, if you, you know, if you want to learn to love bodybuilding and you want to understand it, that's the bit you want to see for yourself firsthand. And I noticed that there's a lack of that um, because all the bits I love about bodybuilding, all the intricacies behind closed doors. And I, and I know now, like by going on YouTube and looking for that, it's very hard to find. Yeah. So I just felt that I, I wanted to be the person over the last year or so that would at least be able to document um, majority of the things I do, whether it's in the gym or out of the gym, and allow people to see, you know, everything and just understand, I suppose, the whole process rather than just here, lift some weights, eat some chicken. Yeah, um, and I think that's important. I think I think you're bringing an entirely new uh, focus to bodybuilding, which is making people love it more hmm. because – you know, in the past, bodybuilders were just like, oh, this is what we lift. This is what we eat. And, you know, just do it. And that's all there is to it. Whereas you bring, um, you bring a, level, a level of depth to it. This is why I'm doing it. This is why it feels good. This is why it hurts. Mm -hmm. This is why this is, this, is, this is me having a bad day. This is me having a good day. You kind of show everything about it instead of just the X's just the and O's. Yeah, just the, the highlights. highlights. Yeah. That's right. Because that's the thing. I noticed that highlights are very easy to show because obviously they are and highlights show you in a specific light which people are very easily um 
uh, you know, forced to believe that everything's cushy. Yeah. And I didn't want that. And I want people to see that it's not always like a clean run. You know, like there are going to be, for the, the transparency is important so the people that do too take on this endeavor and try to bodybuild aren't surprised when they hit a wall. So I wanted people to see that there's going to be some walls and there's going to be some difficulties and there's going to be some issues. Um, but those issues and those walls don't mean that you stop. They mean that you have to um, adjust. So that was, that was more what it was for me. I just wanted to show some adjustment. And obviously, like, you know, this year was a very strange year and there was a lot of things that had to be adjusted to. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, want to, I didn't want to discount them. I wanted them to be present for people to see as well because after some of these events occurred, I had a lot of people reach out to me that had been in similar, similar situations and it raised a lot of awareness to myself how many people were going through their own little issues. Mm. Um, and I really appreciate that they reached out. So I thought, you know what, if these people can like reach out to me, I'm in a position when if I reach out, a few more people will see it. It's, it's going to be beneficial to some people. So why not? And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's paid off. I feel doing that. Is that what you think? Cause a lot of like, I think a lot of bodybuilders would like to be in your position, but a lot of bodybuilders don't know how to be in your position. What do you think, what do you think was a catalyst that made you kind of come out of your shell? Cause I know some people think it was Luke, but I, I, I remember seeing it before that. Yeah, no, it's definitely before. Yeah. I, um... Like why, like why, I guess the, to narrow the question down even further is, why are you able to be so honest and not worry about what people think? Whereas other bodybuilders are only showing the highlights. Why do you, what gives you that? I don't give a shit. I'm going to show you everything. What gives you that attitude? Because that's what people want to see. And you're, you're willing to take, because when you're that vulnerable and when you show that much of yourself, you're, you also open yourself up to a lot more trolls and a lot more hate. Yeah. A lot more criticism. And a, and a, and a, lot, a lot more criticism. So you have to be a very strong person to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to show them everything and I'm going to be completely vulnerable and I don't care what comes with it. Do you know what? I think a lot of it is me actually wanting to challenge myself. Like I, as, as a part of my own growth, I want to take on those, like those pressures of that. Like I, I understand as, as my own development as a person, I don't think it's a bad thing to put myself in a position where I'm vulnerable. Mm. Like I, I think that's actually part of my own development. And I think I'd, I started that a few years ago and in the beginning it was harder but yeah. all that's happened is that over the years, I've learned to, um, I suppose, um, become better at it. And now that I'm further down the road, it's more apparent. And the mm. people can see that I'm able to um, do it without actually having a response that's negative. Like now, I find nothing phases me. It's not like nothing really bothers me now. You know, you can judge me on my physique. You can judge me on my personality. You can say that I'm this or that. You can have your opinion. And I know that opinions are valid from everybody. You know, I don't judge people for having an opinion. I think everyone's entitled. Um, but what came out of the show, I suppose, you know what? Probably just, I've always wanted to live my life on my own terms. And one of my own terms is not letting anyone else dictate which way I go. Okay. You know, not allowing anything or anyone's, you know, I don't read books because I don't want to be, this is weird. This is my own opinion. Yeah. And people make this free. I don't read books because I don't wish to be influenced. Okay. Yeah. So I do life because I do life. I just live and I let the experiences dictate my next move. Mm -hmm. I've never read anything to, I've never read anything in order to try to extract a way to be from it. I've always just been. And so, I like that. 
sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt, but that actually brings me to a question because you're a very cerebral bodybuilder. Like you, you're very deep in the way you think, whereas uh, most be- like, listen, I saw a sports psychologist for a while, uh, yeah. probably for a couple of years. And I did a lot of, read a lot of self-help books. A lot of it was tied to my anxiety and other things like that. You seem to have all of those traits of somebody who read a lot of self-help books and a lot of like studied their own mind, but you never read any books. So like, where does that, where does that depth come from? I, I, I know it's weird, isn't it? It's weird. It's almost like I've just pulled something out of myself internally. I spend a lot of time in my own head. I think mm. um, maybe maybe we all know a bit more than we think we know. But we just got to go into ourselves a bit more mm-hmm. and sometimes venture a little bit deeper into our own, you know, the, the, the chasms that are, that are there. Because I think we do know more than we, we let off. And maybe we're all a little bit scared of our own um, ability and scared of our own knowledge. And we seek other people to try and attain knowledge when really spending 30 years on this earth and living through things, if you were to go back in your mind a little bit deeper, you could probably extract half the answers for yourself without having to look elsewhere because you've experienced as much as the next man. Like me and we've probably experienced enough things to have calculations and formulas in our head in, in order to understand how to go forward with the right decisions. I just think, I think a lot of us lean a little bit too much on wanting to be like others or thinking that others have the answers or that others have the right way when really if you just got a little bit of belief in yourself and you ask yourself how should i go forward i think more often than not you probably would have the right answer if you dwell deep enough um spend a bit of time on yourself be a bit self-aware and just be conscious with your own you know abilities and your own like i say experiences and knowledge i just think don't sell yourself short don't think that you don't know because you know more than you think do you do, do you do any type of meditation or self-reflection on a daily basis or is it kind of just, it comes and goes like as you feel like it? No, you think? I just, just make sure that I spend enough time a day thinking in a peaceful place, in a peaceful environment that allows me not to be disrupted by other goings on. So that I just have enough time every day to myself to basically um, reset and just basically just clean out all the, you know, I suppose if you're thinking of yourself like a machine, you know, there's cobwebs and they just need to be wiped out every now and then. So I suppose on a daily basis, I tend to just go over it with a duster and make sure that all those little cogs are clean and spinning the right way and um, that the day starts right. I don't know. I suppose it's been, that's why I do cardio in the mornings, even when I don't have to. Sometimes for me, that's like a 20 minute reset mentally. It allows me to just put everything into place and in perspective. And then from that point forward in the day, I'm just in the position to really, really um, keep moving forward with no doubts and no questions. It's really weird. Like yeah. I, as long as I've got 20 minutes at the beginning of the day in my own space with no voices in my head apart from my own, I seem to be able to contrive a perfect day. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. That's just, uh, you know, that's what it is. So, <clears throat> sorry. So I know you've had a lot of experiences um, growing up that might have you know, we're negative. Yeah. And we've talked about some of them and I don't know if we, we want to bring them back up, but do you think some of those things that have happened to you through the course of your life have led to you to be, have led you to be as strong as you are now? Because you seem like you're very centered and you're very okay with other people's judgments and other people, the way they look at you and all. Do you think all the things you went through in your early childhood teens and all that, do you think that helps you kind of get to you to where you are now? 
Oh, without a doubt. I think every single moment <coughs> up to the point has added to what the character is now. Like who you are now is from everything that's happened before. And like I say, some of those things, as, as negative as they may seem, are they really negative if they teach you lessons? If they build your, you know, your character and if they strengthen you in the long run? I don't know. I, I appreciate everything that I've had as negative. I don't think anything's bad that's ever happened in my life, really. Um, because I'm so grateful for where I am today. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, what, what, what can, how do you take that? I just think, yeah, there's some things that have happened in the past that are tragic. Um, and if I could change them, then obviously I would choose to. But at the same time, everything that has happened has led us to this point. And, you know, I'm one person that I can generally put my hand on heart, sit here and say that I'm very content with where my life is. And I'm very appreciative of the exact place I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like... Things, okay. yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am if these things hadn't happened. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go back. Let's lighten it up a little bit. So let's yeah. go back to, we'll go back to the beginning of the year and then we'll get a little deeper later. So of course. at the beginning of the year, I remember when you signed on with Patrick. Yeah. You were with Chris Aceto and I remember you revealed that you were going to sign on with Patrick during a podcast with me and Luke. Luke, I, <laughs> I remember Luke being upset because he's like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm, I'm your fucking friend. Why don't you tell me? So at the time when Luke was like, kind of, I don't know whether you want to say he was upset or caught off guard. Did you think, did you have any second, any second thoughts or any doubts or were you positive Patrick was the guy and that's where you wanted to go? No, I was positive. By yeah. the time I've made the decision, usually it's because I feel it's the right one. Okay. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, once I finalize something, it's normally because in my head, it's meant to be final. Yeah. Um, so I was content. I was just a little bit, I was a little bit, um, I suppose I was a bit embarrassed actually, because it was a discussion I didn't have purely because I didn't want to seem like some coach jumping pussy. Yeah. 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 I got you. <laughs> but, you know, like I said to you before, you, it's, it's about what you're comfortable with, isn't it? What was it about Patrick? At that time, because you, cause you had been through, I mean, you worked with Phil Viz and you worked with Chris Aceto and yeah. I'm not sure. I think you worked with a couple other people. I'm not sure who else. Yeah, but, yeah, I've worked with you. Some good but people. what was it about Patrick that made you realize like, okay, this is the guy. So, you know, when you talk to someone and you just click. Yeah. You just, you know, like uh, me and you are friends. I like didn't take long to become friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same shit. Like I can talk to someone with a, a forced effort for a while yeah and it can be beneficial yes or i can talk to someone and it just goes like that and i'm not even trying and that was like an instantaneous thing with patrick it was just like when we spoke it was just really natural and organic half the conversations we are having you know would deviate from bodybuilding and actually talk about life and i thought you know what this is the kind of people i like it's just mm-hmm. the kind of people i like I'm, I'm more into the whole thing rather than just the thing yeah um, and, and that goes for most of the people that are in my circle. Anyone that's in my circle isn't in it for one reason. We usually have many things we talk about. Yeah. Because I like people as a, I like people as what they are as a whole. And Patrick's just one of the human beings where I'm like, you know what? This guy's a, a very good person. Um, I can see this person being around in my life for a while. And I can, can, I can genuinely see myself caring for this person as much as some of the others that are in my yeah. current circle. Because I just want... I just want a group of people and a team of people who each one of them means 
as much to me as each other. And that's all like, it's a family basically yeah. for me. Yeah. And that's the same with, you know, same with coach. I don't, I don't look at coach like it's just a job. I look at it like it is a relationship because I do think there's a lot of stresses they take on board for you and vice versa. There's going to be times even when your coach actually needs to lean on you a little bit because something might be happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically it's just an organic friendship to be fair that just did that. Was there anything in, along the way, like when you were, you know, you started out, was there any point after you had started where you were like, this is too much, this is not for me, this is too regimented, too detailed, too, because I know Patrick's yeah, yeah, programs yeah. are very, very detailed down to like the very last dot, so. The thing with Pat, yeah, it's like, he can back up everything he says for me. Yeah. So it was the whole, you know, like when he when he's like there's no cheat meals obviously i'm like you for yeah i like a yeah. bit of food yeah and uh but on the back of that it's like but you can be this good james yeah and i but i just believed how good he said i could be more than i believed in the need for a meal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's just the it's when he says things how much i believe him so when he tells me now what i can achieve that is always more alluring than anything else um, I seem to just have a, a massive amount of faith in his, his kind of promises. So throughout the year, we saw you get big. Mm. You, you have, what was the biggest you got up to? Three something? Yeah, I went over 300. We went to about 302. We, this, this is funny. On my latest YouTube video, you'll see a video, a picture of me when I was, I was dieting at the beginning of the year and I got down to 275. Mm -hmm. Patrick took over. We pushed me up to 302 and we came back down to this show. Yeah, and uh, you you see the difference. It's hilarious. Like I was two seventy five, and I looked shitter, softer than me at like <laughs> me at two seventy this time. Yeah, looked ten pounds heavier than the two seventy five and leaner. Yeah, so but, you were two you were two seventy on stage. Uh, I was probably about two sixty five this this show. That's pretty good, man. You only lost thirty five pounds, thirty seven pounds from your peak off season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad. That's it wasn't good, too yeah. bad. Yeah, and you know considering um i think i had you know a fair amount of visceral fat to lose anyway so some of that fat was just stuff that's internalized that's been there for a while that i probably could have got rid of that i probably had before patrick took me on just because of bad habits so yeah. you know my, my weight probably wouldn't have to go up to that much again if i did it again it'd probably be maybe six seven pounds less just because i got rid of some of that kind of yeah long long overdue fat uh let's get into the meat of the conversation that I want to have with you because I think a lot of people are, are wondering about it. And that is uh, when Luke passed, you were how many weeks out from the show and how did it affect you? How so, many, how, how many weeks out was, were you at that time? You hadn't started dieting uh, yet. I, I was, I was, I'm trying to remember because I remember like, obviously with me, I was training with Luke and the goal for us, for me and Luke was Luke, let's get you to this British show. Yep. So I was behind him in terms of the weeks out. I wasn't going to compete as soon as him. Yeah. But I was like three or four weeks behind him. Yeah. So because my main focus, I wasn't thinking about myself at the time. Floyd. I was thinking about Luke. Yeah. So, so I was like, let's get your first win, Luke. Let's get your first win. This is what we're doing. This is what we're here for. Yeah. So I can't actually remember how many weeks I was. Luke got down to like four, four weeks out or something. So I might have been like seven or something. Um, and then obviously, what the, the some I think COVID kind of hit. Shit got cancelled. So everything got pushed back. So I think Luke Oslo is about four weeks out at one point, and then and then everything kind of happened. And then oh, so the so the COVID yeah. stuff happens. So neither neither yeah. one of you neither one of you were dieting at that point. That's right. Well, this is the thing, and then Luke kind of continued his diet 
um, but not knowing when the fucking shows were going to happen. So it was a real, we were both basically kicked in the bollocks with the COVID thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it put a stall on both our plans because the original date for the British show, whatever it was, I can't remember now, May maybe, mm-hmm. is when obviously Luke was going to be competing. And um, obviously the, the issues actually, I believe, happened um, April time is when everything locked down. So yeah, so basically we're fucked from not, not long before the show. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask is uh, 2006, seven, 2007, my father passed uh, right before I started dieting for my first pro debut. Yeah. And it was literally like days before my contest prep started. Yeah. And um, I started my prep anyways. And I felt like I used that it was somehow, I don't want to say I used it as motivation, but it was almost like the negative energy or the sadness that came from it. You do use it as fuel. Drove, it drove me. I don't think I've ever worked harder than I worked in that prep. Yeah. yeah. And, I actually don't, and I actually don't think I've ever looked better than I, if anybody can ever find any photos from that show, I don't think I ever looked any better. Yeah. Um, um, and the reason I'm bringing that up is, is that, did you kind of have that same feeling during yeah. this prep? Yeah absolutely like that's that's you you take it and you've got like this weird burning desire to do justification for the the tragedy that's just occurred it's like whether whether you're trying to prep to ignore i don't i don't think i, was pre- I don't think you prep to ignore it but you prep to deal with it yeah 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 that's and, a, and that's almost like yeah. a coping mechanism in a way yeah and that's exactly what this was it was a combination of that and um also trying to finish a job that he started yeah. So it's it was definitely that, like without a doubt, because I sat down today and I filmed a little wrap up for the for the, the um for for my sponsors about the um how do I feel after the show and it hit me I started crying today after the sh- after I did this thing because it's the first time where I've just kind of like realised why how I did what I did and why yeah. and it yeah. is because of that energy that you've just explained so yeah. um no you you I, I'm with you 100 percent there. I couldn't have performed like that and, and, and done so much hard work probably without the, the, the tragedy because the tragedy is so extreme, so hurtful, so painful that I had to use that pain in, in a positive way and we did. Yeah. So it's totally yeah, and I can, it's funny. I can relate to that feeling that you talked about, uh, about crying afterwards because uh, when I kept, I prepped, I prepped through my father's passing and, you know, I went to the wake and everything and I went to, you know, to the funeral home and I did all that stuff that, you know, you do. And I, I couldn't feel it is weird. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I was focused and I yeah. couldn't feel the way I was supposed to feel. Yeah. And then as soon as the show was done, yeah, it was a rush of like emotion. Absolutely. That just kind of hit me all at once. Well, that's what this, that's what this week is for me right now. That's why I'm like, kind of just like, yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, I feel amazing, but at the same time, I'm just now mourning my friend. Exactly, Cause, yeah. Because you don't have time to mourn when you're in that prep. Yeah. Because because you prep requires absolute focus, and it means nothing else penetrates that 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 vision. And even though you are using the, the, the fuel from the, the event to get there, you don't recognize it because you're not, uh, you're not thinking about it. Because if you were to think about it on a daily basis, there's no way you'd have a, a perfect yeah. prep. No. But 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 it is present, and um, like I say, now this week, you know, I've just kind of slowed down and I've said to myself, you know, just let everything happen that needs to happen, 
feel everything that needs to be felt and assess everything that needs to be assessed. And that's definitely one of the things is like I'm finally today able to just kind of pat myself on the back and say, well done for like keeping your chin up and doing it. But also um, accept now that you might need a few days just to kind of breathe and understand and take it all in because it's the, you now you haven't got that distraction of the prep. Yeah. Um, what, uh, I, I know, I noticed you changed your Instagram, uh, profile picture Yeah, that's to, to, to that awesome photo. Now I want to mm-hmm. ask you that kneeling pose. Was that a tribute to Luke or was that something yeah. you just want to do? No, no, it's a tribute. Like straight away. I was like, Luke's pose, tri- kneeling pose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to do it. I didn't, I didn't recognize that when I was watching the live feed. Yeah. But at one point, I think it was like three quarters of the way through your routine. And I know you came up with the shirt and everything and it was awesome. And I was like, that's so great. But nothing broke me down until about three quarters of the way through the routine. You did a front lat spread and you put the leg up and turned your head to the side. So I'm sitting here at my desk in my office and because uh, I have a bigger monitor here so I could watch yeah, the live, yeah. the live yeah. stream on a bigger screen. And my wife is sitting at a stool next to me and we're watching. And as soon as you hit that fucking pose, I busted out crying. I was like, what the fuck? Cause I didn't, I don't know if anybody else caught it. I don't know if anybody yeah. else, like, I know the shirt, obviously everybody saw the shirt and people. I think, maybe, I think a couple of, I think a couple of people caught it. Cause some, someone did a little, um, someone tagged me in something earlier where they did like a little collage of it. And I it was, was like, dude, it was amazing. I honestly couldn't hold back the tears. I was like, Holy fuck. I can't believe you just did that. Cause I wasn't expecting you know it. You know, what? I'm I'm glad that we certain people like us feel that way because yeah. it just all it means is what he meant and uh, yeah. And w- what can we do better to honor him than do something like that? I suppose it's yeah. cool. You know, I'm glad it's, everyone recognizes that. His pose. Um, so amazing. amazing. Yeah, no, it was it was amazing. Um, anyway, so uh, going back to the show a little bit, you said something to me the other day. Th- look, the live stream sucked. Like, I know I did, yeah. And that's like, why when people say about my physique, I was like, yeah. I was fucking there, mate. I know how I look. <laughs> so, like, don't you worry, son. Yeah, oh, no, no, the know. live stream, because look, I know how shredded Luke, Lucas Oslodil gets. Yeah. And the live stream and he, made, and he didn't even look tight on the live yeah, stream. No, so he, I'm like. He's one of the most tight bodybuilders going to cut, yeah. That's right. So I'm like, okay, something's yeah. not right. So finally you started posting some photos and I could see what you really looked like. But I didn't know that. So you said to me the other day, Rafa came up to you backstage yeah. and kind of congratulated you before the show yeah, was even he, over. He, he, well, he basically said this. He said, what, what you and Patrick done is fucking phenomenal and gave me like a proper, you know, basically like a, a nod up like this. I think this is your kind of show. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? You know what I love? You know what I love about bodybuilding? It's such an honest sport sometimes. Yeah. Because the guys at home watching all have their favorite guys. Yeah. And they all have their opinions and they all have whatever, you know, whatever their favorite thing is. Yeah. But it's my favorite part of bodybuilding is the guys in the lineup. They fucking know. They know. Exactly. They know. Like they know even before the judges tell them most of the time they know. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a really cool thing that, you know, even whether he said it or not is, you know, irrelevant, but the fact that he gave you that nod the, the thing Raf is a really good bloke honestly I can tell you straight now like yeah. he's he's a, a very nice person and yeah. he has no um, 
no reason to say things unless he feels that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was very appreciative of the, his attitude at the show and the many of the other guys behind the stage. Uh, quite a few people were really complimentary. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just was very happy that people um, acknowledged my improvement. I didn't necessarily mean, you know, I didn't necessarily think they meant, oh, wow, your improvement's enough to win. Yeah. But they, they certainly acknowledged the work that me and Patrick had done. And I thought that was really very, very nice of the majority of the people. Did you know, how did you feel? Like, I know everybody has a feeling when they start to post, to strip off their clothes and start pumping up. Did you kind of know you had it? Uh, no, not really. I never, uh, no, I didn't. But, but when I walked into like the, the, the posing part, I said to myself, have a Dorian attitude. Don't make too much eye contact with everyone. Let them look at you. Yeah. So when I, when I, when I was in the pump, I was just like, instead of being the guy that's always like, because I used to just look at everyone else and fuck me, they would have good. Yeah. I just said, look, go back there, keep your head quite straight forward. Yeah. Start your pump up and let other people start analyzing you. <laughs> but I was just like, I'm just doing this today. I'm doing this properly. If I'm doing this today, I'm doing this fucking properly. Yeah. I like that. That was, that was the attitude. And it just seemed to be a better attitude. Yeah, that's a strong attitude. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was great. It felt good. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure it did. I mean, okay, so you're doing all the call-outs. You get to the end. They announce you the winner. Then what? Then what? Because, I mean, I know the feeling. You're standing there, and, you know, it's you and Lucas, and they call Lucas second. Then what? Like, what's the first thing you think? Like, what is the emotion? What is the – can you describe to people how it feels at that point after after a year of documenting and training and no cheat meals and no I mean when we talk about no cheat meals, you said to me six months you hadn't had a cheat meal. Yeah, it was over. Patrick actually confirmed it was over six months since I had a meal off. Yeah, that sounds insane to me. That's why I've had a few days now where I've been like, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just had a couple of like nice yeah. ones with KFC, like I said. Yeah, yeah. Um the first, the, the first thing I thought is, I was just, um, it's just, I did it, it's funny. Because obviously the goal, you know, I haven't had a win for three years. I haven't had a win since I turned pro. Yeah. And, you know, you're always chasing the next win. Yeah. Um, so I was just, you know, to be fair, it was just as blunt as that. It was like, yes, I fucking won. I didn't think about it. I didn't care about the Olympia qualification. I didn't care about, Anything other than the fact that in that moment in time, I'm the champ right now of this show. And um, that all of those stressful nights of not being able to eat because I'm hungry and wondering if the physique's going to be good enough, they all paid off. So it's just a very simple, very easy, very nice feeling of contentment in myself for thinking, ah, the work's done for now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think too much, to be honest. I just, I wanted to just be present. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, let's go back a bit, uh, James. I want to, cause I keep hearing about, uh, your rock climbing and mountain climbing. I keep yeah, hearing, yeah. I keep hearing references of it and I have no idea what it means. So <laughs> can, you, can you explain to me and to, for other people listening? Cause I know a lot of people listen to bodybuilding bollocks and yeah, they yeah, yeah. hearing these Mount Kilimanjaro stories, but we've yeah. never heard the story. So let's take back, let's go back a little bit to see, you know, I want to let know. Me why, let me tell you why I did this. Let me tell you what. Well, tell me how, tell me how old you were first. Yeah. So this is off the back of what happened. This off the back of my first national heavyweight win. Yeah. Oh, this is after bodybuilding already started. We're in bodybuilding. Yeah. So oh. 2014, 
I was 24 years old and I won the super heavyweight British finals, but I yeah. missed out the overall to Nathan Gashaw. Okay. Um, I was burnt out from bodybuilding. Mentally, I was at a point where I needed a break. I'd been competing since 2008 all the way up to that point. Yeah. So that's quite a few years. That was a lot of my life. I was at a crossroads where I was trying to decide whether this is what I need to do or not. And I fancied doing something just completely outside of the realms of bodybuilding that would be good for myself on a kind of spiritual level, but still physically demanding. Because obviously we have to do things physically demanding because if they're not, we just feel lazy. So a friend of mine suggested doing Kilimanjaro and I said yes. And in 2015, early 2015, we set off to Africa and we um we did a uh, like a nine day hike of, of the highest peak in Africa and uh, with it was like a twenty six group twenty six people group experience. Okay, wait a minute. Can I ask some questions? How high is the peak? Do you know? Oh fuck! Like I've got the stiff upstairs. It's like five thousand nine hundred something meters. <laughs> okay. Can I ask another question? How much yeah. did did you lose a bunch of weight before doing this? Yeah, I actually did lose a bit. I still about one hundred twenty kilograms. So 200, so 250 pounds, probably. Yeah, I did do a lot of um, sprints on the uh, treadmills. But yeah. I was doing intervals just to try and get fitter, and that was it. Yeah, Literally yeah. did that for a few weeks. I didn't train for long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did about four weeks of doing that, and I thought that might be enough. And how was, so, how, so you start climbing, and you're at 250 pounds. You're probably, climbing, obviously, straight away I regret it. Straight away no. I regret it. <laughs> The first fucking steps were like, there's four different, there's like different ecosystems. The mountains that high that the ecosystems change. So at the bottom, it's like jungle. Yeah. It's wet, marsh, it's fucking clay. Okay, well, okay, okay, stop one second. I just, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just have to ask oh, this. So you flew from the UK to Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get off the plane, you get into this group with 26 people. Yeah. They're probably all like 150 pounds. They're probably all little guys, right? They're all slim as fuck. They look like skiers. <laughs> they look like skiers. They look like they look like they can they can they, run for a hundred miles. Are they looking at you like you're fucked? Like you're two hundred and sixty pounds? Like you're like how the they, fuck they is this? What, they don't know what the fuck they're looking at. I'm a bodybuilder. <laughs> I literally just won a fucking super heavyweight championship the like, the year before. Yeah. All right, so, I'm, I'm, I'm all in my vest and that, thinking I'm going to look the part like Rambo. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I thought you just got to dress and look cool, wear boots and shorts and have the arms. <laughs> you didn't have any of the gear or anything, like all the stuff you need? I, I, I Yeah, the, the bottom part, because it's warm, because it's like jungle. I just literally basically had my kit off trying to look good. I thought, <laughs> I thought I look fucking awesome. This is great. But functionality and what you look like are two different things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so, so you're in the jungle, so you start walking and what? And I'm just slipping all over the place, mate. I can't even yeah. get my foot on the ground. It's like, it's steep it's like this, and it's like clay. And I weigh more than everyone else. So I'm sinking and slipping, sinking and slipping. Oh, fuck. Um, and it's hurting. My legs, my calves, and everything's cramping within minutes. But, you know, pride. Pride keeps you going. Um, and I tried to keep up the group as best I could, and I managed to. And luckily, my body did adjust to it, actually, to be fair, yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. Um, you, it's a very interesting experience because you go from being bodybuilding regime, eating every two hours, to only being able to stop twice a day, and all you eat is crisps, hot chocolate, um, and fucking noodles. Were you out? Were you, were you starving, or did you like welcome the nuts? I wasn't starving, to be fair, no, because you eat a lot of shit. Yeah, but it's just shit food. You just eat shit because calories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I wasn't really starving, no. Actually, no. were you at, were you at the back of the pack and just trying to keep up? No, I was, you know what, I was 
And for most of the trip, I was near the front. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was fucking, I, I was really, out, like, I was adamant I'm not falling to the back. Um, your, your, your pride kept you going. It was all pride. There was lactic acid in every part of my body, but the pride kept me going. But I was burning. <laughs> I was burning all over, trust me. I was sore. But I was like, I'll be fucking damned if I look this this jacked and I'm going to be at the back of this group. What did your mom, was, was your mom and dad around at that time? My mother was around at the time. Yeah, she was just, she, I don't know what she thought to be fair. I don't know what the fuck. She like, what she the fuck, doing. where the fuck are you going? Why are you doing this? I'll just I'll see when you get back. <laughs> yeah, no, she thought it was fantastic. She was just glad I seen. I think she thought it was good that I was just actually putting myself out there and seeing some of the world. So what's after what's after jungle when you're climbing? Where do you where do you go? Like, so how was the experience? Like, then it's like alpine desert, like dry. Yeah. Like just 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 horizontal, like, like almost horizontal dry land. Yeah. Uh, barren, nothing fucking to see. Yeah. And sunstroke, sunstroke city, basically. I got okay. sunstroke. I literally got sunstroke. <laughs> And uh, it was really bad. I remember getting sunstroke after that. Yeah. And uh, the only thing, it's funny, I got sunstroke and I remember the night of doing that trek, however long it took, laying in like my bed, shivering, sweating with that like, illness. And I fell asleep for hours and I woke up at a funny time when they were all having dinner. And I remember going to like the main tent where everyone was eating and there was um, it's like, there was like sticky toffee pudding going around there eating. Yeah, and I remember just eating that and that healing me, really healing me, healing really? me. <laughs> Sticking toffee pudding, literally getting rid of my sunstroke illness. Really, like the sugar. I don't know. It's it, it kept me going. Like I had that, and I went back to bed, and then the next morning, for some reason, I was miraculously fucking fresh. Wow. So I don't know. It could have Are been you? Death. You have you have like canteens of water. Like how does this work? Like water wise, and you're walking through the desert. You basically, water on your back. Like you've got like a backpack with fucking water yeah. in it. And, that's it, and um, like this, you're carrying your own shit. How much gear? What's your gear weigh when you're carrying like through the desert and through all that oh, shit? You've got a good few kilos of, of of gear on you. Your bag's probably got to be like ten kilos, yeah, ten twelve kilos. And like you know, I mean, you're walking for seven eight hours straight. Okay, at this point, how much further? Like, how far are you up the mountain at this point? Halfway? Um, no, probably not. Probably like fucking like not even a third. <laughs> okay right. so is your pride still going strong or are you like are you wishing you had not gone pride still pride still there just about okay just so, about. What, so what's after you wake up and you keep going what's next so then we have to climb this fucking wall it's called the baracos wall and it's really cool it's like a rock we're going on to that this rocky place now and you literally got to do like a vertical climb um and that was probably one of the funnest parts of the trip actually um i've actually got a picture of me on that wall like looking down trying to be really sensual yeah. and cool um some old picture on my instagram with a bandana on trying to be really awesome yeah. but yeah. that was a really cool part and once you basically after you climb that part you get onto this rocky ledge which is then above the clouds okay once you're above there it's crazy you're in like heaven okay <laughs> you're in heaven okay but well, wait a minute how are you fucking climbing a wall at 260 pounds like you have, you cam do. You have you cambers do. and like pulleys and no, shit. You, don't, you don't have cambers but there's just certain tracks that have been pre kind of made by man yeah. that are, are not safe, but safe fish <laughs> and you can use. It's like, do you remember the old game Lemmings? No. Don't you remember Lemmings on the PC? Where you got steer oh, the we, used to call it, we used to call it Frogger. I think it's Frogger. Yeah. Same thing as Frogger, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, there's just these little ledges that you can get onto and just about make it if you're safe, like if you're not a yeah. dumbass. And yeah. obviously you got, there, there are like um, uh, porters that are there to help you, guide you. So, you know, if you need a little shimmy, they'll give you a little shimmy, but yeah, 
honestly, like, if you fall off and you're dead, man, like, yeah, luckily no one died. Luckily no one died. So you, so, get, so you get up to the platform, now you're in heaven, then what? Uh, then we take loads of photos above the clouds, like for hours. Is that, is that the peak? Is that the very top? No, no nowhere near. Nowhere, <laughs> oh, near. No. nowhere near, man. This is like halfway now. This is what I'm saying. It's like massive. Okay. okay. So this, this, you just spend a lot of time on like a sandy dune. Um, it's a little bit more like a, um, it is like deserty, but it's more like a, it's cactus and stuff now, like a bit yeah. different. Yeah. So it's dry, but there is some plant life. Um, and then you get to like, after that, you get to like a really horrible part where you actually see the peak of Kilimanjaro. And it looks small, and as you get closer, you realize it's still fucking massive. Um, and the air starts to get thin, and then that's when it starts to become a problem. Are you still, are you still like gung ho, or are you like, fuck this, I want to go back? Um, you're past halfway mark now, so you're like, I can't turn back. Okay, okay. In your mind, in your mind, you're like, you know what, I've come this far, let's just fucking finish this shit. But it's getting, um, harder, to, it's getting harder to breathe, and you weigh, 200, and you weigh 260 pounds. Yeah. The air is starting to feel rather thin, and wow. uh, you start to feel rather drunk because wow. you can't control it. You can't control the altitude. Yeah, shit. Like that's, yeah. That shit, like, it's so weird to explain. But like lifting a leg, you know, like how it is after the sixteen-week prep, and your legs are tired. Yeah. Imagine that kicking in after like two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what the fuck, and you're not even controlling your body. You can't operate. Like you want to move your arms this fast, you're moving them this fast. Yeah, yeah. Now you're only, but you're, but you're feeling that and you're only halfway. How do you think you're going to get the rest of the way? This is it, man. This is like, this is where you die. You're, you're wondering you are, you're thinking shit. Am I like able to do this or not? Um, but what, what it is is because what you do is you actually climb like this. So you spend the day climbing to a certain height and then you actually camp slightly lower. Okay. So you climatize because if you go higher than you need to, your body will start to build up the red blood cells. Yeah to deal with the new heights. So it's a smart staggered system. Yeah, so basically I got it. Stag- yeah, so we staggered our climbing. So although it might hit me at that point, the likelihood is where that we camped that evening would be slightly lower. Yeah. So my body would adjust and then so on. You do so, it again the next day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you basically just keep doing that until you're, you're like really kind of got enough, uh, I suppose, oxygenated blood cells to be able to handle the kind of next step. Um, so the rest of the way... Any other speed bumps, or are you just kind of traveling? You just trekking really, through. Just, just the only thing that really, like, I will say is, you spend a lot more time climbing rock, which is, you know, of a given. The the last part of the journey is is a really treacherous one because that's the make or break part. Because the last evening is timed because you're trying to make sunset. Yeah. And you leave, so basically you leave at midnight. You leave at midnight, and you've got seven hours to try and make sunset. You've why, only got to, why, why are you trying to make sunset? Just for photo purposes? Because, yeah, because of what it looks like. Because yeah. it's the, the most amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and you have to ascend You have to ascend about 1,000 meters, I think it is, or 1,000 foot. I can't remember. It might be 1,000 foot. It's not like masses of, of distance, but it's quite steep. And the problem is with that amount of step being that steep, the oxygen is very thin at that point because you're at the highest, almost highest point. Going up that steep really really knocks you out and it's basically that's summit night and summit night is the one where it's freezing cold so you've got to wear about four layers so you weigh a ton wow um you're basically your mustache is freezing like my, i remember having my mustache frozen yeah um by the by the cold air just from the snot coming out of my nose from the, the you know cold environment and um that that last night is incredibly tough and my best friend actually had to get taken back down that night oh he didn't make it no lungs lungs started to fill with fluid Wow. 
So it's that. That's what he can do at that point. Was he? Was he okay though? Ultimately, yeah. Luckily, they only had to take him down to the previous camp, um, and he's later with them. His lungs would sort himself out there, but literally, it wiped a few people off the off the off the trip. Like wow. that last night. That's the one. It's like make or break. I, I I must have only just made it because you're you're going up to a park called Stellar Point, which is the second highest point, and then you go to somewhere called Uhuru Peak. By the time I got to Stellar Point. I'm only probably 100 meters away from the highest peak. It took me about an hour to walk that 100 meters because my body wouldn't move. Yeah. So it's it's just nuts. It's just nuts. But it's brilliant. Like it's 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 crazy, but it's great. So is this, so when you're doing this, are you thinking to myself, "I'm absolutely fucking insane," but you're also euphoric at the same time? You're like, <laughs> you know, like when you've got. You know, I said it on a post the other day when I was in this prep. I was like, "Embrace the madness." Yeah. Like if you feel cuckoo, yeah. just go. Yeah, I am. I am. That's I, I well I'm when I'm I'm trying to imagine how you feel and obviously it's not even remotely the same but I'm trying to imagine that last week or two and you're completely fucked in your head and you're dieting and you're starving and you're depleted and you're and obviously it's not obviously like I, I keep reiterating it's not nearly the same thing but it's the only thing I can relate to how I would but feel. But there is similarities for certain like in regards yeah. to just mental welfare. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Like you're just like so, uh so just yeah you just you just you say one leg in front of the other embrace it one leg in front of the other embrace it and uh i suppose also the desire to see the view from the top is enough to keep you firing yeah because yeah. you just you want that view it's all for the view what a fucking great story so you get to the top then what no i lay down i lay down <laughs> I was, I, i'm the only one in that top the picture only one in the picture of the group is laying down yeah, really, eh? I said, guys, I've got to have a lay down. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, lay down. Did you pass down. Did you pass out at all, or you just no, lay down? No, 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 but I just was like, man, I'm, I'm, this is a lovely view and all, but I'm having a lay down while we're in. Yeah. And um, literally just uh, get some photo snaps in front of the signage that's up there. Uh, the basic stranger and I speak and just look, stand up and look and just take it in and have a sip of you. Literally, I was like you with that mug. I had my coffee. I've just taken in coffee at 7 a.m. in the morning at the top of the planet, you know, the whole one of the highest points on the planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow. It's the same sort of journey as a bodybuilding journey when you get ready for a, a massive show and you just win because the journey in length is the same in regards to the effort in, input. I was, you know, just, so. I was just going to ask you, is there a feeling of almost like elation and, and, oh, and completion? Absolutely. absolutely. That elation and completion uh releases a certain hormone in you that just makes you feel relieved content and like purposeful it's just amazing like i remember the exact feeling at the time and i said it actually outweighed any of my body through the building feelings yeah i had had one shows before that meant a lot to me and i and i have to say that up to that point in my life that that peaking of that mountain was my best moment i've lived in my body in this planet I can only imagine, but I also can't imagine how you'd walk away from that. Isn't that like an addicting feeling? Like, did you want to, so after you come down, like is coming, is coming down easy or no? Yeah. Coming down is weird because your ox- the oxygen just comes back to you. Yeah. I literally, what took me hours to climb took me minutes to come down. Yeah. 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 Like honestly, because the oxygen floods back in and you feel fresh. So when, you get, to, like your... so when yeah. you get to the, when you get to the bottom and you know, mm-hmm. you've done this thing, isn't that, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when I did my first show, I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. I want to do it again. Didn't you have that <laughs> feeling about, about <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, do you know what? The first thing we did, we get to the bottom and they welcome you back 
to basically like the base camp with the locals all chanting. So you come back to this amazing response of them all chanting and cheering you on for making the trip. Yeah. Music playing heavily, like local music. Yeah. Uh, dancing. Elation. Elation galore. Like elation. Like it's just it's like the end of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah. know when they've just returned from blowing up the Death Star? Yeah. And like everything's so wonderful. Yeah. You're, you're in this little moment of time where it's almost like you say that planet Earth's been saved from the worst possible scenario and you're the elite group of people that have done it and you've been welcomed home. Like, you, you do that and then you sit down and then you get a beer each. You crack that fucking beer and you just drink it and you don't even have to like beer, but at that point you like beer. <laughs> you just You just feel, yeah, you just feel complete. And that, that, that sense, if you can get moments like that in your life where you feel complete, if you can get a few of those, you've lived a fucking good life. I agree. I agree. Because so, I did but, at that time, I felt very complete. But that feeling, did you want to repeat it or was it like enough for I you to say? I, did. I, will repeat. I don't think, in, I think it's, I think it's something I will definitely maybe after bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, I would love to go and, and do something like that again, possibly even do that again, because Honestly, I would like to maybe do that same experience with some different individuals. I'm intrigued, man. I want to go. I'm like, I think you'd love it. It, it sounds you'd crazy. Be fucking hilarious. Like, I would love to hear how much moaning you do on the way up. <laughs> but that's what would make the journey so good. Because we'd all be fucking moaning, like, and and that moaning would only be funner and more like hilarious when you finish the climb and you're like, man, look how much I was moaning. But I, wonder, what we got I wonder if we can get Ben to come with us. I would, do, I would, I'd totally do that if I could. If Mate, I might, honestly, yeah, that sounds honestly. pretty incredible. So, okay, I, I, I recommended after that trip, I recommended to tens of people to do it. Many did, many did. Yeah, yeah. it sounds yeah. amazing. So when you get back, you get back to the real world after that, and you're like, okay, I got that out of my system, and you're like, you know what, I'm ready to get back to the stage, or what? How did you get pretty back much. to how did you get back to bodybuilding after that? All right, so this is where it's really interesting, actually, because this is where I kind of fell off. So this is where my bodybuilding took a bit of a dive. Um, I, the bodybuilder in me was very hungry to get back. Um, and I decided to wing a very short prep and try to go and reclaim my title, mm-hmm. um, which ended very badly. Yeah. <laughs> you usually do when you try and wing it. Yeah. 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 So it ended very badly. And then I found myself at the bottom of the pack again. Okay. So... I had a lot of work to do and I had to work from the bottom again for the round up and it took so, a few years. To so this is 2016, I'm guessing. So 20, 2015, I even competed. I did in the end. Oh, I so right, right when you got back, you did one? <laughs> I literally went into prep straight away. Wow. Squeezed do you think, in. Do you think you did then, that? Do you think you did that because you were still high from the, the mountain climbing and you just wanted to keep Probably. That? I was fucking off my tits high thinking, yeah, shit, let's do it. I, I could do anything. Happy. I was I could fucking do anything. I just climbed the mountain. <laughs> like, come on, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do. I think I got a little bit of a like complex where I thought I was indestructible. Yeah. Um, which you know, fair enough. It taught me some lessons. So uh, you got you. So you got your ass handed to you, and you're like, and, and then then what happened? Then what happened? And then the following year, I managed to improve enough to get myself back into the top five in the country. So I actually did get fifth. Luke won that year. Mm-hmm. Um, got his overall. And then the following year, I managed to get the overall. So I've just worked my way back up slowly and patiently. I just just didn't give up. Yeah. Um, it was a long process, and it was it was long winded, and I, you know, it was my own prop, my own fault. But I didn't lose faith, and I said to myself, I can get back to where I was, and I did. So, you know, if that's a lesson to anybody, take that as well. That sometimes you might go backwards, but you know, you don't have to stay there. 
Uh, James, I usually ask people before I start these things, if there's something they want, they don't want to discuss. Hmm. And I never asked you that, but, uh, I'm going to ask you now. And if you don't want to talk about it, we'll just leave it I out. Have nothing, I, I have nothing I don't want to discuss. I'm very <laughs> okay. Um, I want to ask you about your mother because yes. I remember when I first, cause I think, um, when I was with cage muscle, I think I got you that contract with cage muscle. You, at you, the time. Now, you definitely did because you was, um, yeah. you and summer, <laughs> and summer was working there. Yeah, you and Summer were in there talking with uh, the guys. So I think that's when I first started following you. And I think at that time, I remember you posting stuff about your mother. Yeah, I think she must have been diagnosed around that time. So I just want to ask you if you can tell the story because I don't know the full story. And I've always always been curious about... Yeah, no, of course. Um, Were you you close with your mother? Yeah, very. I'm I'm my mom's son, you know, it's like... Did Did you have both parents growing up or no? No, my dad left when I was six, so it's like it was very much mum, one mum parent. Yeah, um, she was mum and dad for me and my sister. So, you know, she played both roles. She worked two jobs. She would often work, you know, stacking shelves at night and then doing cleaning in the days. She was like a real soldier. Um, you think you got your? You know, can I ask you something? Because I, I know a lot of people try and teach their kids how to work, and I think kids learn from watching instead of you telling yeah. them. Yeah, I, I feel like I got my work ethic from my father, just watching him yeah. go, go in and out of the house. Do you yeah. think that's where your work ethic comes from? Yeah, without a doubt, subconsciously, it's not even a conscious thing. I wouldn't have said that's why, if like you were to ask, but then without a doubt, it is because it's something I'm used to. Yeah. I'm used to someone. I'm used to someone refusing to let everything that she's worked hard for fall. You know, when my dad left, she was left in a really troublesome position to be able to afford a house. Yeah. Um, and she never quit, never surrendered. And I suppose, although I didn't know that, I knew that. So it's, you know, it's, in, it's institutionalized in me. It's like kind of, without yeah. having to like really speak on it, I suppose it is inside me to be that way. Refusal, yeah. refusal to kind of let things fall away from me or leave, leave my palms without trying to hold on to them. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I hate, uh, I hate losing things when I know I could have gripped harder. Okay. Um, I think she definitely installed that in me because she was, uh, absolute warrior absolute warrior really yeah um yeah. so so with mother yeah so like it was my first year as a pro i was getting ready for shows uh and i just remember getting ready for prague in particular which was um it was like around about i think it was like october of 2018 and i remember her giving me a phone call not long before during my prep like similar with you um, but obviously not, not similar because she hadn't passed away, but she basically told me that she's been diagnosed with uh, bowel cancer. And I just remember getting ready for the show thinking maybe I should stop. I had a phone call with my mum and I just remember her saying, you never, never quit. Don't you ever dare stop. You keep going. You do that show for me, James. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, I just kept on the prep. It was my third show of the year. I hadn't managed to place in a show yet and I was a bit pissed. I really wanted to try and crack one more go. Um, and so I prepped for Prague and uh, Prague was really important to me because it was my first top six. So I, I managed sixth, which sounds like not a lot to some people, but yeah, to it me, is, it I, is. yeah, it felt like a win um, because that win, that, that was a win for me and my mum because it was like, it was a result I really wanted and it was a result off the back of everything that had happened with her. And like, I remember like Nathan being there, the Asher, Samson got fifth, he done really well, um, Roly, and I just remember like 
Nathan and I get on with, we, you know, we're, we're friends. And I remember Nathan knew what was going on with my mum, I think, at the time. And I just remember him giving me, like, a good pat on the shoulder after I was sixth and just saying, well done. Like, he was, as a friend, he was actually pretty proud of me. You know, yeah. he seen me come up. And I just remember that being really important to me. Yeah. Because I looked up to Nathan a lot because, obviously, he's in Britain, you know, he's the pro that kind of has been most successful. Um, he was always the one that set the standard and I looked up to as a junior. Um, and I just remember just that just really, really being a very emotionally important event for me because number six was really important. Nathan's approval for me was really important for some reason at the time. Yeah. Uh, and obviously coming out of that and being able to say, mum, I got a top six was really important as well. And it felt mm -hmm. like that felt like a win. Yeah. It felt like a win. I think sometimes, um, you know, people put a lot of stock in what fans think and what judges think, but for us, sometimes yeah. our peers' respect is sometimes the biggest respect. Yeah, like the, so, the respect from Nathan like meant a lot to me. Like, I, I mean, never had it. I never had it before that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's your peer, but he's also somebody you looked up to. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, Branch Warren uh, yeah. in tw in twenty fourteen when I took second to him, kind of gave me a nod, like yeah. he was impressed, yeah. and uh, that that nod just a nod like you know he i knew what it meant and he he knew what he was yeah. you know saying it's like he's a peer but he's not a peer because he's branch yeah. warren yeah yeah he'll always be in your mind he'll always be branch warren yeah so that that um i know what you mean that sometimes that pat on the back is like is huge oh massive massive yeah. massive yeah massive it was so, really important. so what happens after the show so after the show uh i kind of go away um just, you know, I had a chilled out Christmas. I remember with Yannicka, just kind of, you know, shut down, see mum, make sure she's okay. She was obviously very early in the stages of the process. So, you know, you assume things will be good for a while, um, which, you know, they, are, they were for a, a while. Um, following year comes around and I decide to obviously pick some shows because I'm keen on trying to, you know, represent myself as a bodybuilder who's not just a pro, but an active pro. I just wanted to be active. Yeah. The thing for me in the beginning as a pro was getting myself out there. Yeah. Let the judges learn my name so that I'm no longer number nine or number 10. Because yeah. what I noticed is with the judging is that, you know, when you first start as a pro, you are a number. And in time, you become a name. Yeah. And I was like, I'm only going to get there if I keep showing my face for a while. So the goal for the year for me was just trying to go out there and do pretty well. I wanted some top, I wanted some podium finishes. Yeah. Um, which actually, fortunately, I managed to get two that year. I managed to get third place in Spain. Um, uh, my first show, and I managed to get a third place in um, in England. I managed to get a top six in Toronto, and I managed to get a top five in Romania. So it was for me, it was like a really successful second season. Yeah. Um, and obviously, what happened that year is that. So this is 2019. I'm just trying to remember when Mum, so Mum passed away in August of. August the 10th, I believe, of 2019. So I finished the year without mum, basically. Um, Romania, the last show, was my way of dealing, like you, with your father almost. Yeah. My way of just, you know, using my bodybuilding as a friend, as a tool to get by a, a tragedy. Yeah. Um, and just to give myself a focus so that I didn't sit home and dwell on what has been. Yeah. And um, I did it, and I was pretty happy. And I was very proud of the top five finish there, considering the circumstances. Um, we had 23 people in the lineup. I dieted really quickly. Chris Aceto managed to, you know, lose the weight in like five and a half weeks. It was mm -hmm. a very rough, 
aspect, but all things considered, it saved me from, from probably some self-destruction. And it showed again why bodybuilding is a very uh, unique tool and a, and a very, I don't know, a very healthy thing at times. You know, it kept me, kept me sane. Do you think bodybuilding has helped correct your life? Because I know you said you got in a lot of shit when you were younger. Yeah, oh, definitely. I used to be a shithole. Like, I was an arsehole. I used to fight for a reason. I was a prick. Like, I had a, like, I always had this complex about, um, not superiority, but just wanted to be respected. Um, but I always sought respect in the wrong way. I was taught by mobsters, young mobsters, young people involved in crime, like young gangster families, like people that their family were quite naughty, that the way you earn respect is physical. Yeah. Um, so I would hang around with them and wish to be like them. And I thought that you earn respect by being the person people fear. And in truth, that's not the way it is. And I learned that after I'd done a couple of bodybuilding shows and saw what sort of respect you can get from other people like your peers or, or fans or friends. And I just realized that there's a, there's a multitude of ways to earn respect in the world. Did, did training come about because you were trying to get bigger so you could beat the crap out of people more? Pretty much. Pretty much. I was just getting, I was just getting jacked up so I could smash people's heads in. Like, honestly, I was, I was like, I was boxing. I was boxing. I was doing, um, like some martial arts and I was literally doing weights just so that if any clown ever gave it to me, I could just smash their head yeah. in. Yeah. That was and, it, and, that's me, and I'm just being transparent. I was doing it. Oh, I like weeks. it. That's, that, I, I was, that's why I asked the question. Cause I'm I like, never, I th- yeah, yeah. And I've never really explained it like that, but that is the truth. You've hit the nail on the head. I just wanted to be the geezer that if you, you started on me, I would be able to put you out. Yeah. You know, this is, this is before MMA. This is before we all knew what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was. Yeah, no one yeah. was doing that. This is where <laughs> yeah. just, you think you just do weights and fucking, um, you know, boxing. Yeah, that's right. And that was literally what it was. It was my way. That was my um, like initiation into becoming a man because that's yeah. what I was taught. I was taught by the locals that, you know, if you box and if you do this and that, then you're going to be able to look after yourself. And, you know, that was literally what I did it for. So in the process, you start competing and then it's all down. It's all downhill from there. Yeah, the process I met <laughs> downhill from there, yeah. Or uphill, met, uh, uphill, depending yeah. on how you look at it, yeah. Yeah, I I, um, I started training in a, a particular gym, Pink's Gym, which is like a legendary gym now, shut. But it was, it's, uh, it, was my, it was my home for many years. I was training there and basically just bumped into a friend who was a young active bodybuilder and I had no idea really what bodybuilding was. But I think because um, obviously I was like fatherless, I took quite, e- I was very easily influenced by other males. Yeah. And I was influenced by this particular friend quite easily. Um, and I was almost actually in awe of him because I found him to be powerful, strong, confident. And everything that he kind of exuded was interesting to me. Yeah. And it turns out that he was a young junior bodybuilder getting ready for his first show. So, of course, I was um, more than uh, happy to kind of pair up with him and watch the process and support him. And I suppose I fell in love with the process because I was witnessing it unfold. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw the bad side. Like I saw the steroids straight away. I saw the mood swings. I saw the acne. I saw the fucking rowdiness in the gym, Mm. but it still didn't, it still didn't put me off. So, you know, that's how I kind of know that despite seeing all the bad first, I still loved what bodybuilding stood for. Yeah. um, Because I just knew that that it was unique at the time. There was no one bodybuilding. Yeah. Especially in England, like there was no bodybuilders. If you were a bodybuilder in, in, in a gym here, you know, 2005, 2006, you were one. There was one of you. Yeah. And that appealed to me so much. Yeah. Like, I love that whole unique thing. And that's why I did it in the beginning. 
It was to be unique. Yeah. Um, because again, I wanted the respect for being something individual, something that no one else is. Yeah. Um, and those were great times. You would go to a bodybuilding show and it was all, there's no social media. No one knew who was going to win. It was like, man, let's see who turns up. Like no one has a fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I remember that. And, yeah. And that was, it was just good times. So I just, yeah. I was around for the last part of what was probably a, a, an age of bodybuilding that was pre social media, um, which was really cool. And I'm not going to say I don't like social, uh, social media or the bodybuilding now. I love it. It gives me a job. It gives us this platform. Um, and I think we've learned to love it and evolve with it as for what it is, but yeah. it certainly was cool to still be able to be in that and witness that as well. I think there was a mystique about bodybuilding before social media. Yeah. It was like very, like very. people, people didn't know what it was. They didn't know who the fuck this weird guy was that all he did was eat and train and yeah, nobody, it was a very, very underground thing. Very, very. And then, yeah. And then who, the fuck, who the fuck went into GNC back then? <laughs> I know. Like I was going to a GNC yeah. back then, and I'd be the only one in the shop for hours. Yeah, yeah. No, you it's know, funny because put- there was nothing until once they added, they started adding classes like figure and men's physique, and then classic. Then you started getting a lot of people training, and then obviously with the social media, it became a big thing. But yeah. before all the additional classes, and before social media, it was like it was like you and your buddies were training, and that was it. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It was just MD magazines and flex, and I could see you on an MD magazine. <laughs> like honestly, that was what it was. That's what I yeah. had. Yeah, I had Fuad yeah. Abiyad, Dennis Wolf, Victor Martinez, yeah. Dexter. I had you guys all on fucking MD magazines, and I was looking at you guys thinking, "This is the shit." Yeah, this that's is pretty the cool. Shit. Yeah, man, it was fucking um, awesome. So, where do we go from here, James? You're ten. How far? How many weeks up from the Olympia are you? So we're, we're like 10 weeks now. So this week's kind of like just kind of mellow. Me and Patrick are talking as we, as the days go by, just assessing things with some of the situations of the travel issues at the minute. Yeah. Um, because obviously UK is on a ban list from the US. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very um, funny time. It's not so straightforward for... Can you, can you get to Canada? This is the problem, no. So there is some issues at a minute, but I've obviously emailed the IFBB. Yeah. And they are in the process of writing a, a, an email back that I'm waiting to hear from to allow me to know further instruction of what, you know, what, what, what we're meant to do. So basically this week's just kind of semi-chill. Don't stress too much. Yeah. Don't deviate. Don't go crazy or nothing. But, you know, you don't have to stress. It's like there's a week where you can just be a bit relaxed and see some friends and stuff. So basically just taking one day at a time. I'm still getting up in the morning going to do my cardio. Still do a bit of posing in the mornings. I haven't actually trained properly yet. I did some hamstrings yesterday. Mm-hmm. Rested today. Because um, my body still feels like it needs a bit of rest, if I'm honest. So oh, yeah. just letting, letting it get some because I haven't actually really ever given it that. So um, from here, it's um, it's a waiting game for a couple of days and then we'll know more, if I'm honest. Isn't it crazy how long it actually takes to recover from a prep? You think in your you think in your head like okay once I've eaten some food and I've slept a couple nights, taken a couple of days off from the gym I'm probably ready. Yeah, but then, but then when you get back and you realize I'm beat the fuck up. There's like some, I need... there's some real deep there's some real deep recovery requirements needed, and I wonder if a lot of those are like a psychological thing as well. You know because of like on yeah. this front, especially like with this particular prep like a prep like you had. Yeah. It, there it isn't just the physicalities of it. It's, there is some things in mind that also have to be kind of refreshed. 
I think I'm going to have to call my sports therapist, sports therapist again. Get back on him. Get back on him. <laughs> no, I, I, I have to be honest with you, man. It's, it's, I don't think I've come to terms with what it, actually, what it actually means. Right. Mm. Like yeah. in my, in my head, I think to myself, ah, there'll be a, there'll be a show somewhere. I'm, I'll get healthy again and I'll get back on stage. And I don't think I've actually come to terms that there might not be another stage. Right. And uh, there, I think there's some like deep seated shit that I got, I got to deal with. I, I think that's sensible. I think it's great. You find someone to talk to because listen, if it's coming to your mind and you're thinking you need to talk about it, even in the slides, then you do. Yeah. I just, it's, it's not like, you know? it's, it's not like it's weird sometimes, you know, with, um, I don't want to say depression cause I'm not like depressed, but no, it's, but, it's, but it, there is a state of, there is a state of, I know that, yeah, you know, um, there's a, there's a, there's a well-being being slightly poked there. It, it's just weird when you're like, I'll give you an example. I can't, I can't seem to get on a proper diet. I've been like every night I'll be, I'll eat some shit. And it's not, it, but listen, it's not because I actually want to. No, no, no. It's like something's fucking with me. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like almost like I'm eating out of uh, emotion. Yeah, 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 in, yeah. Instead of, instead of actually like hunger or cravings. Cause I'm not yeah, craving. Nothing, I'm, nothing, yeah, nothing to do with hunger or cravings. Yeah, I'm not craving anything. It's just like I, I'm in this weird fucking place where I'm like, yeah. Ah, fuck it all. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm trying to like manage that in some way so anyway it's another that's a whole other podcast i, I hear that though, i do understand because i can tell you now that on an honest level like i'm kind of like that this week like, you know what I'll, that's a perfect example okay i'll give you i'll give you i'll tell you what I, it feels like you know the that post show letdown where you're like everything is going like this a million miles an hour yeah and then you win or even if you don't win even if you just do the show and you do really well or whatever and then there's nothing it's just like a cliff right. uh, yeah, you're kind of like in no man's land. You're like, okay, I can go do cardio, but does it really matter? Like, I can go to the like, it, everything just drops off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've gone from being like this hundred percent machine organized, yeah, to to even some parts of the, the you know parts of the machine not being required anymore. It's like, why should I even fucking do some of them? Yeah, like it's weird. Yeah, no, I listen. I, I like I say because I've got this week where it's kind of like limbo myself. I'm like, should I just go get breakfast somewhere? What should I do in my day? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, like, do you know what I mean? I, I know, I know. Trust me, I know how you feel. Yeah. I do know how you feel. Yeah. And like, it's, should I train today? Should I do card? Like, part of me, like, I, I know. I, I absolutely have a, a, an understanding of how you're feeling. I may not be able to word it right, but what you're saying right now, if the people understand, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get anyway. It. Um, all right, James. I wanted to touch on a couple of things, man. I, I haven't, you know, we, like I said, we've been, we've done a, a bunch of podcasts together Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've never dug into like any of these things I keep hearing about. So I wanted to, yeah. Are you, you're going to do the Olympia though, if you get the flight over. If I can get there, I'll do it, but I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get there. What I'm hoping, and I'm going to be honest with you, what I'm hoping, because there was apparently talk of this, but I don't know how true this is, is that if the UK can't get there, that they're going to, um, carry the the the, the uh, qualification over, over to the next season. That would be cool. And, that, and I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I, I, I that's the scenario I would like most because of this uncertainty. Because it's very hard to commit to something when you're told that you might be able to do it. Yeah, yeah. You might. Yeah. Okay, you might be able to get into Vegas. You might. Yeah. And I'm not. How the fuck? Me? How like you know how I am? Yeah. Like 
especially especially someone like you you need all your shit i'm working with patrick everything is very precise you know if we're going to lay out a plan it's going to be like the plan of the plan um so that's why these next few days like i said are really integral for me um if you get the qualification for next year like if they move it are you going to wait a whole year to compete yeah yeah yeah. i fucking folk i Look, look what I did with Patrick in six months. I know, I know. You know, and I, and I, I'm like, imagine what I could do with double time. <laughs> but honestly, I feel like I could be like stuck in top eight. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that. If you, if you, let's just play a hypothetical game. Yeah, I'm happy to. If you get to the Olympia this year and you're able to get there flight wise and all that shit, where do you think you could land? If I, if I was, if I could be 5% better than Spain, I think top 10, maybe 10th. Tenth, eh? I think you yeah, might be better. Like, I'd could, to, maybe eighth to tenth. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable goal for sure. I don't think that's a question. No, I don't think so either. No, that's just you know, I'm not going to blow smoke and say I'm suspect because I'm not. But I just think that's where I'd land. Yeah. Hey, I've been posting some things, and I don't know if you're offended or not. I, I can't imagine you would be, but I've been comparing you to Branch Warren. Is that bad? I like that. <laughs> I love Branch. <laughs> I don't know. Some guy, some guy wrote to me. He's like, "Why are you insulting him?" I'm like, "Branch Warren's a fucking Hall of Fame bodybuilder, two-times Arnold Classic champ, second in the Olympia, yeah, fucking beast, yeah." Yeah. I can see it. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) And then then your friend uh, Lorenzo, I think it's Lorenzo. You can see it now. You can see it now. He started doing the side by sides, and I'm like, like, "Now I see it." Yeah. Yeah, dude. I saw it when you came over to live stream. I'm like, "Oh my god, he fucking looks." And poses hey, like Branch Warren. Listen, that's one of the best Caucasian bodybuilders we've had for the last 10 years, 20 years. I don't know how anybody... How the hell am I going to fucking moan about that? Well, that's why I couldn't believe that guy was sending me the message, because I, I didn't... There's, there's certain people are like so fucking about pretty. I know. I'm not about... I don't give a fuck about pretty. I'm not pretty. If I was Raph, I'd be Raph and I'd love it, yes. But I'm not. <laughs> I, don't have, I, don't have, I don't have the lines that Raph has. Do I wish I did? Yes, but I don't. So I work with what I got and what I got is some fucking dense muscle. Raph has got a pretty physique though, doesn't he? Yeah, Raph is beautiful. beautiful. Is, it, is it like it's like yeah. somebody fucking, it's like somebody drew it. It's just like, wow, look, if you put that statue in front of my house, I would fucking, <laughs> I would put that statue. It's him and I'd put it outside my house. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I he's agree. got one of the nicest physiques on the planet. But yeah. like we, me and Patrick say, you can only play with the cards you're dealt and, that's right. I can get, I can be dense and I can be nasty. So I've just got to do that. So yeah, just play your game, man. Play your game. But um, I don't know where we were with that now. I've got lost. I don't either. All I know is, all I know is, uh, I did see the similarities in you and Branch, and I think right. it's absolutely incredible because, you know what, man? If somebody said to me, "You look like the guy that was second at the fucking Olympia," mate, how can you moan? I would be like, "Oh, fucking thank you." So sure thing. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely. but um. Anyway, man, listen, it, I'm, I'm really happy for you. It was a really good win. It's been a crazy year. I'm happy to have come along the journey with you. We're texting at four in the morning sometimes when you couldn't sleep yeah, and you were, hungry. you were hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice, to, uh, it's nice to see you come through with the win, man. No, I appreciate that. It couldn't have, couldn't, it's a bit of a fairy tale, really. It kind of is. It kind of it all worked out in a, in a nice way and uh, – it's cool, you know. Ben just had his son, and you know, you yeah. had your win. It's been it's been a good week for definitely. definitely. It's been a good week for the bodybuilding and bollocks boys. Yeah, it has it absolutely has, man. Absolutely. Has. Um, listen, I appreciate you taking the time, brother. We're I'm sure we're going to talk again soon. So definitely. I'm just going to let you do your thing today. Enjoy some more food. 
I think uh, I fall. You saw that picture I sent you. Yeah, uh, James ate KFC. So, (laughs) you guys. How much we had though? How much did you eat? So there's 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 four of us sitting there. Four of us. Yeah. Yeah. One's a very small, slim chap. One's not eating lots. He's got a bad stomach. And it's me and my friend Dean. Yeah. There's there's three whole buckets. Yeah. There's there's three whole pots of popcorn chicken. There's there's the um fucking chili bites. We'll put it this way, there was just too much food for th- four of us. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've probably had like 600 grams of protein in the last hour. <laughs> so, just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fine. See, I love hearing that. That's great. That's that's yeah, what, that's what that's the kind of shit I love. Yeah, man. At the end hey, of the day, it's a good, ha- good time of good friends. Let me ask you, when you go to King's Gym, because I yeah. love that. I love that gym, by the way. Like, when you post stuff at that gym, I'm like, that's a fucking, that's a real gym. He is a real gym man. When you walk into King's Gym after this weekend, what kind of reception is there? Is like, is it like the shit? Like, they they are very good and supportive. I people that I don't even know come up to me saying they stayed up to watch the stream. Really? Eh? You know, like there's there's people there's new faces in there I don't even know that can't be saying congratulations. That's amazing. Like, like it's a brilliant place and they're all inspired. Um, I just want to note as well that my. My other friend Rhea Gale, who's uh, also uh, trains at Kings One, the figure class. Okay. So she, awesome. we had two. We had two pro wins. Yeah. In in this small gym in London, Croydon. Yeah. You know, which is considered. People like go on about their gyms being the best gyms in the UK. I'm just going to say one thing. Two champs come out of this gym. That's the gym. Yeah. 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 Well, it ain't about how much fancy kit you got. It's about what you're producing and. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the like you say, you like the look of the gym, you like the feel of the gym. Cedric visited the gym and said the same thing. There's just something about that place, so I just want to give them a little shout out because yeah. King's Gym just breeds breeds the energy that makes champions, man. Honestly, it's, a great it, it's all about atmosphere, right? I mean, you could Absolutely. have you can have the nicest shit in the world, and it doesn't matter if they don't have it's that that all, feeling, man. that feeling, right? Yeah, it's like stagnant. I don't want to be in somewhere that feels like being in a fucking museum. Yeah, like, I really. You know, I couldn't give a shit if you got the finest equipment. It's like, you know, like a car showroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. no. No, no character. Like, so you got a car showroom or you got a shitty, like a shitty garage where it's like West, you know, what was that program? Pimp My Ride Garage where you used to yeah. fucking... <laughs> where would you rather be? I'd rather be around the Pimp yeah. My Ride boys. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, man, definitely. Well, congratulations. I, uh, I think it's amazing, James. And hopefully you can get to the Olympia and we'll see you there kicking some more I'll ass keep you updated. I'll, I'll definitely keep you updated on that we talked and well, we're gonna you know, talk we're, we're gonna probably gonna talk tomorrow dude exactly exactly so <laughs> once i know more yeah. you'll know more and um we'll take it from there but what i will say is regardless of what happens i'm very excited to see what me and patrick produce in the next yeah i practice. think every, i think everybody is i think everybody yeah. is because the sky's the limit man so yeah, definitely, definitely we'll see all right brother thank you, thank you for the time man we will Anytime, uh man. we'll catch up soon 100 percent you too. Take care, All right, brother. Bro. You have a good one, man. Bye-bye. Awesome.